0: Welcome again. My name is Ibuili Arinze and I'm your host on Political Nigeria. Nigeria's ranking political podcast according to FeedSpot. We're placed at number twenty-two. Of the top 35 political podcasts in Nigeria. Today we'll be discussing the continuous industrial actions in our university and the way forward for tertiary education in Nigeria. Please sit back and enjoy as we attempt again to fix our nation's politics via political Nigeria. Thank you. Now, welcome back. Like I said before, we'll be discussing the continuous industrial actions in our tertiary Educational system. Any Nigerian who has schooled in Nigeria and who has not, not even have school in Nigeria must surely be conversant with the continuous industrial actions in a number of our universities right from time immemorial. The industrial actions which are carried out the academic staff union of Nigerian universities as has become a regularity in our educational system which has somewhat bastardized tertiary education in Nigeria owing to the fact that students now have to spend more time for a program of four years and this aside from costing us the time wasted has also a number of effects dangerous effects on our educational system are we to blame ASU for demanding for the upliftment of our tertiary education, increased salaries, better infrastructure, you know, um, um, a basic welfare for Nigerian lecturers as compared with their compatriots in other nations, in other countries, or is also asking for too much is also demanding too much and is also not considering the plight of our students who suffer owing to this incessant strikes. Let's do a background study of what's of the current crisis. Also on one hand I said look there was an agreement signed in 2009 and by 2018, 19 sorry there was a memorandum of action an agreement reached by the federal government and also on the way forward to Nigerian Universities. Now I am aware that that agreement had the payment of um, certain amounts of money, EAA, I believe. It also had um, um, them paying some monies to the universities, monies initially owed the universities. And then it had the setting up of um visitation panels to the various universities which i think has been done by the federal government but the problem is that the, the as say now that the federal government should release the reports of the visitation panel and lastly the issue created by the um salary scheme as he's saying that you know the federal government should migrate to Utahs, which they say is um the, the best for their system, the university transparency and accountability solution, as against the federal government's integrated payroll and personal information system, IPIS. So This is the background of the recent industrial action but what do we have to say why should the nigerian university students suffer incessantly because we do not have responsible leaders at the level of the federal government who should know That it is morally right to honor agreements freely entered into. I mean, it doesn't make any sense for the federal government to enter into agreements willingly, they weren't forced, and there was no gun placed on the heads of the Minister for Labour or Minister for Education and then you went and you signed these agreements, and then you implemented parts, and then you say you're not implementing the other parts, or you refuse to implement the other parts, or you're delegally implementing the other parts, then there is a problem somewhere. It's either... In such education, it's not considered important. And I would say so because... I mean literature education provides the basic manpower, the doctors, the future politicians, the future journalists, the future economists, the future lecturers, the future teachers, the future um, sports administrators, administrators will come from such an avenue. So, can anyone tell me why, at this point in time, we are still having such insistent strikes? I mean, what is ASU asking for? I mean, what is so esoteric about ASU's demands? And ASU have continued to honor their own end of the agreements. So, how would the federal government not and such? You see, it's mind-boggling because people have also accused us on safety. why must also you know use the uh, the employer of strikes, whether it is temporary or permanent. We have been in this country when that's gone on strike for nine months. Yes? I think in 2013 I also went on strike for almost uh, almost six to seven months. I think in 2009, they went on strike for nine months. I am aware of in 2003, I also went on strike for almost uh, six, six months. Plus many other years that do not come up to mind. So... I mean, you can one now blame Asu because it's like Asu goes to such strikes, they get agreements, and they come back, and nothing is done. But again, people are saying, "Look, is strike the only option available to Asu?" Why I, I think I think people are wrong to question Asu on that because that's the only language the federal government understands. And let's also note that most of these leaders do not have their children schooling here and so sometimes i do not think they're really bothered about fixing the change that is why one of the re- one of the conditions that i wrote sometime for who will be the next president of was that the person must be a lover of education he must be consistent he must be i mean his understanding must be in line with the present trends of education because we even have a situation where the curriculum taught today is not enough to meet the present manpower needs. If Nigeria must grow as a nation, presently we are at a state where it is said that our graduates are even unemployable. And of course, you don't blame them, particularly when a computer scientist cannot even, you know, handle an Android set. How can he when? His mates have been taught better software languages and he's just looking at the computer and they're saying, this is computer, this is mouse, this is server, this is uh, monitor. I mean, how are we going to grow? I remember talking to some of my computer friends or classmates in uh, computer education classmates in West Elbeni. And I said, oh, you guys must be doing Visual Basic, Phoebe.net. Then these were the... You know, top software, um, um, um and programs. And the lady me. I said, "What are you talking about?" They are still doing COBOL and Fortran. Come on! In two thousand and six, COBOL, Fortran. These are languages that are dead. I can't remember. I'm not sure. I have some basic I- ICT knowledge. I'm not sure of any of any programming language that COBOL or Fortran powers these days, but well, this is the state of the Nigerian interest system. I remember the, uh, watching the ASU president tell Nigerians that look, medical students don't even have cadavers, whereas in certain countries, cadavers—that is, the access to cadavers—are seen as a right. In many medical schools and colleges, when you when you have an access to, to cadaver, it is a rite of passage as a medical student. And then in the next year, you don't have cadavers. So, how is the student going to understand the basic anatomy physically of the human body? And then tomorrow you want such a person to come out and perform an operation? U.S. system is has has it, it, you know does not have sufficient laboratories, even even classrooms. You find out institution. I, I was I was in Nandi University the other day. I was in a particular university the other day, and because people we were coming to inspect the university, they had to tell some students not to come to class. So the the, the it would look like as if the classes the class. The students are, uh, the classes are enough to contain the students, whereas this is not the situation. So, what is the way forward? How do we fix this conundrum of asshole-striking? I believe the first instance is to get a leadership that loves education. You can't give what you don't have. I mean if, if, if I am elected as president and my words are here or I love education, then I would try and see that the needs of the university or the educational system or the university educational system is adequately met. Otherwise we would continue to go in this circle. Then secondly, I think there is need to ensure that our university systems are adequately funded. I don't know how that will come, but the the Nigerian government says we don't have enough money. But come on, if you cut off the excesses we spend in the presidency and the National Assembly, the waste we see in governance from local to the presidential system, then I think, I think we'll be able to fix this mess. Then I also think we should... Uh, basically, I think I buy one of those idea of putting education as not as a, 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 a concurrent as um, it issue, but as a residual issue. Let it be in the purview of states. Let the federal government only cater. For the education of maybe federal government colleges, that is the policies for the government colleges on the federal universities. Because I think a lot of policies of the federal government is withholding some of these states. So if the federal government can say, okay, look, education is on the reservoir list, the federal government will do what it can do here yeah, in its basic, um, in where it has its own. Uh, Purview and the states can run their own um, game. I think this will create enough competition by states, and you'll see some states strive to do more. Then I think we should also look at the concept of university autonomy. I- I'm scared of university autonomy because I-, I know a lot of universities will use that opportunity to raise fees. But-, but I want the federal government and the state governments to find a way of ensuring that, look, the students can go to school without tearing themselves apart. I mean, these guys went to school free of charge, so why, why, have, why stop? You know these things with these humongous school fees, and then you have a situation where students have to start robbing, or you have a situation where uh, ladies have to start prostituting. I mean, it's a damn shame. So we need to fix these aspects. And then I also think um, the, the federal government should pay more attention to the infrastructure or the government should pay more to the infrastructure. I think education, let's start meeting the educational uh, prescriptions by UNESCO. I think it's uh, 23% or thereabouts. Let's start having the federal government spend these amounts of money. It doesn't make any sense for spending monies on, uh, on buying arms, which is a necessity, but we're we'll putting more in sectors and then, you know, neglecting the basic sector that can change our situation forward. And then finally, I think the federal government should strive to implement the 2009 agreement and the 2019 memorandum of action. I think these are the suggestions. Maybe we can't continue to allow our educational system to suffer, our tertiary educational system to suffer. No reasonable Nigerian will agree with such a situation. And yes, I understand that the level of corruption in universities too are much higher Of people who challenge you and say, look, you're defending us, but you don't have a corruption. Fine, but there's also corruption in the executive. There's a corruption in the legislative arm of government. There's a corruption in the judiciary. There's corruption even in the private sectors. There's corruption in the police, in the army. Do we stop the funding of these areas? No, we don't. So why should we now maltreat the educational system, the child education system? If there's corruption, then fight it. Tertiary education is indeed on the brink. The federal government should do the needful before it becomes too late. And on these notes. I want to thank you for listening. This is your host, Ibueli Arinze, and this is Political Nigeria. Nigeria's top political podcast. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.